Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. I'm your host, Liam. Uh, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. Um, struggling a little bit with the prep for this pod, to be honest, because today we're going to talk about the NFC West. And it is by far the hardest division preview I've had to do so far. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, it's a... Well, I mean, it was a tough, tough division last year, wasn't it? There's been a, quite a lot of change and quite a lot of expectations on the whole division, really, isn't there? Yeah, and I think in the UK, it's one of the most popular divisions as well. There's so many 49ers fans, uh, so many Rams fans, and the Seahawks as well from the Legion of Boom era. I think there's quite a lot of those fans. So Yeah, uh, absolutely. Should be an interesting one. Um, so we are going to preview the NFC West, but before we do that, we've got a little bit of news. Uh, one item of news we're going to push back to the Rams section, because it is about their, their star running back, Cam Akers. But let's kick it off with a bit of... Well, I guess it could be called non-news <laughs> or news. Um, Devontae Adams apparently has decided to, and his agents have decided to stop talking about a contract extension with the Packers. The Packers have refused to make him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. So they've decided they do not want to enter any more negotiations. This led to Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers both tweeting out, uh, sorry, Instagramming out the same photo. I think it was Pippen and Jordan from The Last Dance where they're kind of like high-fiving. Um kind of led to a lot of speculation. Every single bookies in America, apart from one, took all the, the uh, Packers stuff off the board. They all put it back on the board at lower numbers, kind of anticipating that meant that they were going to leave. However, for me, it kind of meant for me that they were going to play one more year and then they're out, which is still not great if you're a Packers fan, but that's kind of what I took it as. What are your thoughts on, on Adams, first of all, and then th- this funny photo that was going around? Yeah, Adams, I can see why, obviously, he wants to be paid number one in the NFL, and I mean, any star that is coming up for an extension in whatever position seems to go to number one, don't they? For yeah. a brief time that they're the number one and have the biggest contract. But So I can see where he's coming from there. But, I mean, that surely has to be tied to Aaron Rodgers as well. Maybe yeah. Adams might know a little bit or insight into what Rodgers is going to do, but yeah, it's not great for the Packers' preparation, is it, at all? No, it's not. It's not. I, I, and I, overall, I agree with you about Adams. I think it's crazy that he's not the highest-paid wide receiver. Uh, Tyreek Hill's probably going to get an extension next offseason, and the Chiefs will probably make him the highest-paid wide receiver. And I think Devontae Adams deserves the same, if not more. Uh, and usually, when your, your contract's up a bit earlier, you normally get paid first, and you normally get paid the most, like you said. So I can understand yeah. that from his point of view. Uh, and there's a lot of rumours that he wanted to play with Derek Carr again one day. Uh, and I just think that's a perfect Raiders move. It'll be 31, wouldn't he, at the end of 2022 season. Free agent. I do think that he could easily sign for the Packers for a cra- uh, sorry for the Raiders for a crazy amount of money. That, that really wouldn't shock me. But uh, what are your views on the photo? Do you think it does mean they're both leaving? Are they going to hold out? Are they going to play did, uh, one more year? I'm not sure it had any finality kind of meaning I did I did enjoy it to be honest because it just whips everyone to a frenzy doesn't it I think it's kind of just Rogers led I mean like you said I think you tweeted out the other day didn't you I mean just the bookies favorite now is just for Rogers to retire ASAP right so it's looking like that could happen which is a shame you never want to see a a star player leave when you still can do the business but He's going to do what he's going to do, isn't he? Certainly, it's still going to make uh, the Packers an interesting proposition this season because then they'll be up steps Jordan Love. Yeah, I did see a lot of Jordan Love um, kind of, I guess, news slash 
uh, reports going around about from fantasy people. Uh, he was rising up ranks and stuff, and people were doing uh, reports on him and what he could mean uh, for the fantasy community. So I did find that funny as an extra sort of layer to it. But yeah, I think I'm on the view that he will play this year and he will play for the Packers, and that's it then. I think they don't trade him, but they should. I think they will trade him because they just needed a bit of time, I think, between the end of the season and the draft, and they didn't get that trade done the day before the draft that they wanted to. And uh, I think after the draft, it almost became pointless to trade him. So I'm, I, my personal views are I think he'll play one more year and then go. But yeah, a lot of people are betting a lot of money that he's going to retire now. So we'll see. Uh, I think it'd be a shame. I couldn't. I wouldn't want to be a Green Bay fan at the moment, I don't think. I mean, they've had it good having Brett Favre and then carrying on to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. In a, you know, that, that takes you about 25 years. They've had it good. Yeah, they have had a good year. True. We should, shouldn't feel too bad for them. Uh, but we'll see. I think it's going to be an interesting whole season for them, to be honest. Uh, if I was doing, if I know life isn't like Madden, but if this was a Madden scenario, if I was their fan, as harsh as it sounds, I really would think about trading both of them now. I would try and trade them as early as possible because you don't want them to leave for free. I think Rogers obviously has a year left after this, so you could try and trade him next summer. But I think Devontae Adams, you'll get more than any player's ever got in terms of uh, non-quarterback. Or maybe maybe, maybe not as much as Khalil Mack. But aside from that, I think you'll get the most. So I think business-wise, you'd be cleverer to, just to make that trade now because otherwise he's just going to leave for free. So yeah, yeah. I don't know if they'll, they'll do that. I think that'll probably make fans hate the uh, GM even more. But I actually think team-building-wise, that'll be the, the most intelligent thing to do. But I don't think the Packers are making many uh, intelligent decisions anymore from the, from the front office, unfortunately. Uh, but let's move on from them. Uh, the only other other bit of news we had was the COVID rules uh, got released. I think a lot of rules have already been in place. There's been a lot of protocols that were released, but they did release some some more in regards to missing games. Um, this, the basics of this, mate, were quite harsh. I know we spoke about it on WhatsApp, and it's quite complex, but there's, there, there's kind of rules now. So if your team takes an L, uh, sorry, your team takes an L if uh, there's a COVID outbreak amongst unvaccinated players in your team, uh, your team and the players also get fines. No players on your team get paid, even the vaccinated ones, and no players on the other team would get paid as well. So I think it's quite strict. It does only happen if you miss a game, and they are going to kind of try and rearrange one game for a bye week if they have to, but if they can't fit it in, then then it kind of just gets forfeited. So what are your thoughts on, on these rules? Well, I don't like the no-pay thing at all in in any kind of scenario of life. Do you know what I mean? Like whether... Yeah. Whatever, I mean, America seems to be, I think we spoke about this before, but America seems to be more divisive and certainly has a lot more cultures than the UK and think differently on how we do with the vaccine. Kind of, if you look at the vaccine in the UK news, we're all kind of on the side of it, aren't we? And then there's like a minority of people that don't want it. But in America, it's, I think it's, it's a lot more divisive. I know a lot of the teams have got high rates haven't they i just don't like the threat of non-payment but i can't see any games being cancelled to be honest they 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 got through last year didn't they yeah exactly and some of these rules were in place last year um obviously not the vaccination specific wording but um like players wouldn't get paid if a game was cancelled that's why they tried to rearrange and stuff like that so they've just taken it to like another level uh uh, they, the, the the kind of reason for it is clearly they're trying to increase vaccinations. I know uh, there's six teams in the NFL now with 90 plus percent of their players vaccinated. The Chiefs being being one of them. I think they got 94 percent of their players vaccinated. Uh, but you've still got seven teams that are under 55 percent, including teams like the Chargers, 
Um, I believe the Cardinals, and I, I can't remember the others, but uh, it just kind of proves that there's even a disparity in the league, isn't there, about what teams are doing? Like, you know, some players want to get vaccinated, some don't, and it, it does seem a bit of a divisive topic at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And it's not really a small sample size, is it? Because each roster is absolutely gigantic. Yeah, yeah it's 90 players as well, those stats are, at the moment, because they're including uh, the whole roster, not just the 50-odd, because that, that hasn't been decided yet. So that's 90 players per roster um, times 32 teams. That's a lot of people, isn't it, that are basing yeah. that data on? Uh, and this kind of all did come to a head a little bit with DeAndre Hopkins tweeting out. Uh, he tweeted out that he never thought I'd say this, but being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the NFL. Uh, Matt Judon then quote tweeted it and said something similar and it kind of blew up. Uh, DeAndre did end up deleting that. He then did another tweet saying no freedom. Then he deleted that and did another tweet saying uh, about some rumour that vaccines give people heart problems. Uh, so I think, like again, it's just so divisive. And I think the NFL kind of, they didn't deliberately put themselves in this position, but they kind of expected this backlash, I think, when they knew there's a percentage of players that are trying to not, to not take this. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Hopkins is probably going to be the most high-level player to speak out, isn't he? Yeah, it seems that way, yeah. Because a lot of the quarter, well, some of the quarterbacks have. I know Josh Allen said he's probably not going to get vaccinated, which was, but that was a good two months ago when things yeah, were Yeah, that was a while ago. Fresh. Before, before training camp. And, and I'd, I'd imagine that Josh Allen is probably going to be vaccinated. Do you not think he's a little bit too important to the Bills? Maybe, yeah. I think that they, they might try and force him. But yeah, it is tough because there is the side of things that workplaces um, forcing you to get vaccinated is a tough thing to talk about, and I understand that. But also, these NFL players are linked to many people. The amount of, I think they said, I read a report that uh, on every single training staff, there's, there's a, at least one person over the age of 65. Yes, they're probably vaccinated, but still, they're at higher risk from like a Delta variant than, than say, you or I. So I think there is complexities to it, and it's a bit different to a normal day job where you're kind of only looking after yourself and, and maybe your own family. I think. In a time like this, the NFL have a lot of people to think about and a lot of kind of stakeholders as well, with a lot of people that watch the game being varied ages, various ranges of health, varying nationalities. So it's definitely a tricky one. Um, and we'll see. I think a couple of teams are going to not get vaccinated and it's going to cause issues, whether that's losing games or just players missing games and then losing because of that. I think we're not going to hear the end of it for a while, I don't think. Let's put it that no way. way. <laughs> first quarterback to go down who's unvaccinated is going to be a drama but mate we'll that, I hope that doesn't happen but yeah yeah we could have that guy from the Broncos uh, kept whatever his name was playing uh, quarterback again the wide receiver yeah, the wide receiver. yeah that was brutal to watch it was yeah but hopefully uh, I've heard this said so many times I'll just reiterate that the main thing is people's health the players health the staff's health the fans that meet these players for after game whatever it may be uh, that is the most important thing. So hopefully it does resolve uh, to a point that, that can at least be beneficial for most. I know it looks like the Chiefs players, I know I'm a Chiefs fan, so I kind of look at it from that side. The ones that haven't been vaccinated look like they're not going to be vaccinated now. They've kind of made that decision and they're just going to have to wear masks all the time uh, and just take different protocols. And it's just, just the way of the world. It's your choice and just different kind of protocols if you don't do it. So we'll, we'll see if, the, if this kind of increases uh, the numbers. But... Uh, less COVID talk, the better. We'll, we'll wrap it up there because uh, COVID has been in the news far too much in the last year. So we'll wrap it up there and move on to our preview then. NFC West, what would you say last year? Strongest division in football, you think, in terms of just the quality of players? Even the 49ers who were, were poor, 
uh, still gave some some good teams good games at times throughout the season. Yeah, I mean the 49ers were just injury ravaged, weren't they? Last season. This is a this is a tough division. It is a tough division. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm going to let our conversations lead me on as to who <laughs> I think is going to actually win this division because I've not made my mind up. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I did do a poll on Twitter, and uh, the results were quite interesting. Um, I, I do think that people are very kind of confused about this division. But let's start it off then, talking about last year. Uh, we'll talk about records. So Seahawks won the division, twelve and four. Uh, and they well actually played. Did they, yeah, they played the Rams in the playoffs, didn't they? they did, um, yeah. yeah, the Rams ten and six. So they they actually met in the playoffs as well. They met three times in the last six weeks of the season, which was crazy. The Cardinals were then third in the division, finishing eight and eight. They had a great start, but they really did falter after that. Uh, Hail Murray, as it was called, against the Bills, and then San Francisco 49ers, like you said, injury average season. I think they played three different QBs or four different QBs. They finished the season six and ten. So. Uh, very varied results. Very different to the year before, where the Cardinals were really bad and the 49ers were, were incredible, winning winning 12 games or 13 games that season. So uh, things in this division definitely do uh, move on quick. But that leads us on to our first team then, the Seahawks that won the division. Like I said, 12-4 and four last year. Uh, the, the win total, though, 9.5. They're actually third favourites in the division after winning it, which will be, I think, interesting for people to hear that maybe don't bet that much that, that that's their number. Uh, the strength of the schedule is 11th. In the NFL, this whole division kind of has a pretty good schedule compared to others. Uh, Roster-wise, they added Gabe Jackson in a trade from the Raiders. They added Gerald Everett from the the rivals, the Rams. They added uh, Killer Weatherspoon, who's a cornerback. They re-signed KJ Wright. Uh, And then in the draft, they signed Eskridge. uh, And I think they signed Trey Brown, who's a corner. And then Stone Forsyth. Uh, and that, that was the least amount of draft picks that anybody had in the, in the whole year. And then roster losses-wise, Shaquille Griffin, a player that me and you love, they've lost him at corner. David Moore, their third wide receiver, is actually gone as well. Jaran Reed, their starting nose tackle, has gone to the Chiefs. And then Quinton Dunbar, the corner, has left as well. So overall, mate, off-season-wise, roster-wise, uh, do you think they've had a good off-season? Or do you think they've kind of done the best they can with not much resources? Yeah, obviously the lack of draft picks from the... Mm. Jamal Adams trade, wasn't it? That really hurt them. But going back to what you said first about the the win total, doesn't surprise me, you know, because 12 wins last year, but they didn't feel like a 12-win team. No, they so didn't. If you remember, the offence set off at a record pace, didn't they? I mean, Wilson was... I mean, I remember reading loads of stuff on the Ringer or the MMQB saying, oh, Ross, is, this is his year for the MVP. He's never had a vote, has he? But then week seven, eight, it all just kind of tailed off from there. They kept winning, didn't they? But they were not convincing. They had a late season big blowout win over the Jets, but that was kind of it. And then when they got to the playoffs, I think they lost 30 to 20 to the Rams, but it never felt like the Seahawks were going to win. No, it didn't. So it's like they, they just feel like an unlikely. 12-win team last season and they've not really moved the roster at all, have they? What they brought in is not great, is it? I mean, Gabe Jackson, I do like him at right guard, so apart from that, it's feel like they're just saying we're running this back one more year because we didn't have a lot in the bank to be spending, so it's yeah. Yeah, you're right, I think cap space-wise, they were one of the the top 10 in terms of least cap space going into the off season. 
Uh, and then, like exactly like you said, they ha- they did have the least amount of draft picks, or second least amount. I can't remember if it's first or second, but it's definitely one or two. Uh, least amount of draft picks. They really couldn't add much to the roster. So they did re-sign a few players, uh, and they let a couple of stars go. Like, not stars, but Shaquille Griffin was a star corner. Jerron Reed's not a star, but he's a, he's one of the top ten best nose tackles in the league. And they've both gone. They've both gone off the defense as well, which I think is something we'll we'll go on to talk about. But before we talk defense, if we talk about the offense, one of the problems was. I think from what I heard on the ringer, especially because there's a Seahawks fan on there uh, called Danny Kelly, and he was saying that local media is reporting that uh, when Russ was kind of flying high, I can't remember what game it was, but they had a game then with three picks, kind of when he was leading the uh, race for MVP. And then the minute he had those three picks, they did lose that game. They had another pick the week after. Apparently in the second half of that game, they basically just switched to running and then only passing on third downs. It was a bit of a Pete Carroll special. And it all kind of signs pointed that they just didn't want to throw the ball after that. They wanted to run the ball. They wanted to play good defense. They wanted to to run the clock and they wanted to let Russ win it in the fourth quarter, which is great. But I think it's not the most efficient way to play. And I do worry about that. Um, that did lead them to fire in their OC. They've now got Shane Waldron, the OC from the uh, Rams in as well. I think he was passing coordinator for the Rams. He's now their, their OC. He likes to throw the ball a lot more. So I wonder if, if that'll happen. Um, but what are your views on the offense? Do you think we'll see him throw the ball loads of times, or do you think they'll go back to their old ways, or do you think maybe this? Yeah, new... I think he's gonna come out slinging it again, like kind of the start of last season, where they did look dangerous, didn't they? I mean, what they got now is Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. It'd be interesting to see what um, Dwayne Eskridge can do actually, because after that they've kind of got you know Freddie Swain and Penny Hart. It's not mind blowing after. Metcalf and Lockett. Eskridge will probably be their third wide receiver, I think. I don't think Swain, I, the depth chart I'm looking at says Swain, but for me, I think Eskridge will be the third third option, to be honest. Yeah, I'd imagine so, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I sit in the middle a little bit. I don't think they'll throw it as much because the amount of kind of down the field passing they were doing in the first five weeks was <laughs> crazy. Like Metcalf and Lockett were catching bombs. Uh, it seemed like every half, to be honest, but I do think it'll be more of a kind of similar to, to all those offences that come out of the Shanahan uh, McVay tree. I think there'll be a lot of play action, a lot of passing on first and second down, uh, but then still some kind of long drives with a lot of runs just to chew the clock. I don't think they'll go full passing again because uh, I just think Pete Carroll's too cautious. He just doesn't want to do that. He doesn't like turning the ball over and doesn't like taking risks. Uh, so that would worry me. But the only other thing offensive-wise, what, what are your thoughts on this O-line? Because I think it was graded something like 21st in the NFL last year in PFF. But then last week, ESPN named this offensive line the fifth best offensive line in the league, which I think is mind-boggling. So, what are your what are your views yeah, on your line? Yes, that is that's a big jump just from Gabe Jackson, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. I think one of their players did opt out as well, uh, and he's come back, but he's a second stringer. And Stone Forsythe, the other option, he'll be a second stringer as well. So, for me, I think their tackles are pretty average. Uh, yeah, Dwayne Brown that they got in a trade, didn't they, with Houston? Yeah, and Brandon Shell, was one of the worst graded starting right tackles in the league last year. So, do you think that could be an issue for them? Is that going to stop them uh, passing it sometimes just because well, Russ is going to get sacked? He's just going to get on his bike, isn't he? And when he when Russ gets on his bike, it's either takes a twelve yard sack or he just kind of <laughs> kind of heaves it somewhere, doesn't he? But yeah, yeah, he's certainly not a top five in my book offensive line. I don't think. So overall, then, offense probably stays pretty much the same, just with a new OC that, in my opinion, I think will be better than uh, than, than last year's. 
but defense-wise, then let's move on to them. I know Carlos Dunlap re-signed, who they brought in last year. They got in Alden Smith from the uh, who did play for well, the Cowboys, which I think is a relatively good signing. Uh, Bobby Wagner still in the middle linebacker position, but the corners, mate, at the moment they've got Witherspoon, Pierre Desir, Trey Flowers, and DJ Reed scheduled to be their corners. And I think arguably it could be one of the worst cornerback groups in the NFL. Yeah, I've just noticed as well that Akella Witherspoon has decided to wear number two. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Yeah, so he better be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a lot of money on that he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you started to switch to uh, number two there, you better um, step up, haven't you? But yeah, it's not great. Trey Flowers is not been great, has he? Good no. safety, obviously they've got a premier safety, haven't they, Jamal Adams? And I do like Quandre Diggs as well, but yeah, the corners are not fantastic, aren't they? No, and what are your thoughts on the pass rushers? I know they've got a couple of older options, because um, Kerry Hyde is not the youngest, is he? Huna Ford, obviously, nose tackles, not, not too young. Carlos Dunlap, also not the youngest player. Obviously, Alden Smith has retired for a while. Uh, so what do you think of the pass rush? Do you think they're just trying to do it by committee? Yeah, it looks like it, doesn't it? Because they're, they're deep in kind of a strange way, aren't they? Because it's with no real stars at all. I mean, I do like Dunlap, actually, but it's quite, yeah, deep kind of middle of the road. I noticed they've signed Robert Kimdichie as well, haven't they? You know, I was like, I got sucked into him in college. I thought he was going to be the next, like, I can't even remember. I think it was, must be about seven years ago when... Kim Dietschy just came in, but he's just not applied himself in the way to become a professional as he's floated around a few teams. No, he hasn't. You're right. And the only way I recognise him is from that stupid song that the uh, Around the NFL guys did. don't know if you listen to that podcast, but they've got a Robert Kim Dietschy song and it's very, uh, very funny. Yeah, really? Yeah, I'm not going to sing it, but uh, go check it out on their uh, podcast. <laughs> it's quite funny. I'll tweet the link out to one of them doing it because... Uh, I think they 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 were obsessed with him when he was in the draft, thinking he was going to be the next big thing, and then he wasn't. So now they kind of just use it as a bit of a joke, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think very stagnant team, um, but probably third or fourth best quarterback in the league, maybe fifth, definitely top five, depending on I'd say whoever you ask. So that does make a lot of things up in the NFL, I think. Yeah, um, it really does. Yeah, and with those two receivers, especially. Uh, is good option. I think Gerald Everett, going back to the offense, I love him. I think he's a good tight end. I think he doesn't get enough snaps uh, in in LA because they had three tight ends that they used. But I quite like him. I think he'll be the third option in terms of catches, uh, and then Eskridge as well probably be the third option for receiver. So I think overall their weapons are, are relatively good for the division. Um, but the rest of the team does worry me. Let's uh, move on to the schedule a little bit. I know I said overall it's quite good, but a lot of that is based upon. Uh, rest and the actual timing of the schedule if you look at the games to start the season they go Colts, Titans, Vikings Niners, Rams Steelers and then Saints so that is a tough start yeah and then if to be honest I know I, don't, I can't be able to read the whole schedule because that'd be ridiculous but then they've only got the Jaguars and then they're at the Packers after that so even the first 10 games are hard the, the end of their schedule is relatively easy because you've got the Cardinals, Lions, who are both expected to be pretty bad. And then you've also got the Texans, Bears, uh, and then a couple of division games. So the end of the schedule is pretty good the last six weeks. I think if they get to the last six weeks in a good position, 
um, they'll be right up there to win the division. But that start is so hard, mate. Yeah, really hard. So strange to have two games like that against AFC opponents, isn't it? At the Colts and then home to the Titans. That is a is a tough, strange start. Yeah, it's really tough. And that second game as well, um, even though it's at home, I still think it's a tough game just for the the way the Titans' offense is kind of um, kind of constructed. I think that they could really kill those Seahawks corners. So yeah, that would worry me. However, Russ Wilson does all start the season really well, uh, and if he comes out against those big teams playing really well in the first six weeks before he kind of tapers off a bit, I think that could help them. But overall, yeah, it's a it's a very tough one. Um, but I guess that leads us naturally on to talking about that that win total that we said, uh, third highest in the division, nine point five wins, which is three well would be two and a half, three and a half wins less than last year, uh, with an extra game. So. What are your views on an under-over then? Because uh, Pete Carroll doesn't often lose uh, many games in the NFL. No, I'm definitely, I'm not massively, massively high on the Seahawks this season, but I'm, I would definitely go over on that total. Yeah, what are you thinking? Like 10-7, and, uh, like a 10-win team again, like they used to be uh, previous years, back-to-back yeah, almost? Yeah, 10-11 wins, especially with the extra game this season. I can't see them dropping off that much. It's not like they've lost an incredible amount of depth anywhere. They lost some decent players like Griffin, but no, I'm happy to go over on that one. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I know we did kind of just talk about the roster, maybe maybe a little bit negatively, to be honest, but... I think the quarterback is so good. The coach is so consistent. Uh, and he's a good defensive coach, at least. They do have a good scheme to stop the run game, uh, at least, which is good in this division. So I think, yeah, I think I'll go with you. I think I would go over as well, to be honest. Well, what I would say when you said it was a little bit negative then, I do agree with you. But then I think the only negativity from me comes from they were a 12-win team last season. And a 12-win team in the NFC should... You feel like it should be challenging for the Super Bowl. And for me, Seahawks are not. No, and I think partly, which we're going to talk about in the rest of the division, the other teams have also improved uh, in some key areas as well, which isn't great for the the Seahawks. Uh, But let's move on then to the team that finished second in the division last year, the LA Rams. Uh, They were 10-6 and last year. To be honest, I thought they were going to win the division quite comfortably at one point, but Jared Goff got worse and worse as uh, as the season went on. So they finished 10-6. Their win total is 10.5, so a full win higher than the Seahawks. Uh, their strength of schedule is 18th in the league due to lack of rest on a couple of those weeks and a couple of back-to-back away games. So their schedule on paper, according to Warren Sharp's analysis and PFF's analysis, is actually harder than the Seahawks. But we'll talk about talk about if we think that's true or not uh, in a bit. And then roster-wise, the key one then, they've swapped Stafford for Goff, <laughs> which is a, a hell of an upgrade. Uh, they've also added... Deshaun Jackson, Leonard Floyd re-signed, which was key. In the draft, they added Tutu Atwell. Uh, they had a corner in Brown. And they had a running back, Funk, which is a player that we'll talk about uh, maybe a bit more in a minute. And then losses, obviously, like I said, Goff. Everett's gone, which is key. And then this is a bit of a weird one. So Austin Blythe joined the Chiefs to be their potential backup centre. Uh, Brock has left to join the Niners. John Johnson left to join Cleveland. Uh, Troy Hill also joined Cleveland. Ekuban left. Uh, and Reynolds as well. Josh Reynolds went to the Titans, I believe. So they've actually lost a lot of players in the whole off-season, mate. I feel like is kind of been very Stafford-focused. But this O-line looks absolutely terrible now. They've lost a lot of 
depth, haven't they? Like real good depth. As you're reeling those off, there they they're good players, and it's for a team now that's tooled up for the Super Bowl. We're being told that this is a favourite team in the NFL. It seems to just come down to one player, one addition, and that's Stafford, isn't it? That is, yeah, yeah. Because weird, they lost their starting centre, they've lost their starting safety, they've lost their starting corner, they've lost their starting nose tackle, and they've lost their backup edge. They're important positions and important players as well. Yeah, it's certainly going to be. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Rams this this year. This is also, I think I said it on our very first podcast as well, that this is really, for me, the first time that Matthew Stafford's ever faced any kind of pressure. There's been no pressure in, even though he was the number one pick, he didn't really face any kind of scrutiny because everyone goes, oh, it's just the Lions. So it's now it's really, really the pressure is on him and Sean McVay. And I'm not quite sure that they've got the the roster depth for it all. They've got stars in great positions. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's certainly going to be very interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Stafford. Uh, I, I think people are a bit... They either really like him and they think he's underrated and he's like a top 10 QB for sure. Well, there's other people that just think, oh, no, he can't do it in big games. He makes mistakes late on in, in big games. I think, see, not quite love-hate. I think that's too strong. But it definitely seems to be like a view. He's either, like, amazing or people think he's pretty bad. I don't think there's any, like, in-between there, which I think is maybe unfair. I really like Stafford. I think he's such an upgrade. Jared Goff, at the start of the season, the team looked better than it actually was. I think Sean McVay deserves a lot of credit for how good uh, the offense was because he was just terrible last year. Some of his advanced statistics, so uh, they're not quite up there with Carson Wentz, but they're only just behind Carson Wentz for how bad it was. So I think McVeigh deserves credit, and, and he'll be trying to attack the league with Stafford. But let's talk about the rest of the offense, and we can't go further without talking about the running back position. Uh, I can't remember what day it was last week, but my fantasy football group chat went nuts when Cam Akers was uh, revealed to have an Achilles tear that's going to keep him out for the whole season. Um, so first, mate, just talk about Cam Akers and then after that, I guess, talk about what you think the, the offence will be like this season. Oh, I mean, what a shame for, I mean, any kind of player to see that bad injury, but someone coming off a good rookie season where the expectations are high for your second year. It, oh, it's got in, isn't it, really? Because it's, especially when you're at a team expected to contend for a Super Bowl. and They yeah. run a lot as well, don't they? Yeah, they really do, yeah. And, and, they're, they're okay behind Cam Akers, aren't they? But yeah, it's just, it's a real shame, isn't it? It's not even like one of those where you get midway through the season, you always get these kind of like camp injuries. I mean, I know like proper training camp hasn't even started, but all these kind of injuries just before, it just kind of takes the wind out of the sails a little bit. And I mean, now what, they've got Darrell Henderson, Xavier Jones, Jake Funk. I mean, it's... It's okay, isn't it? Yeah, it's very young, very young backfield, and the rumours are they're not going to add anyone either. Uh, yeah, yeah, which I was quite surprised about actually, because mm-hmm. it feels like it's this is their kind of time now to push for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I do wonder if that's due to the timing, uh, and maybe they'll wait till what three weeks when we get the the cut downs, and we're going to lose what thirty five players from the average of every roster and. I think maybe then they can look to pick up a running back if someone gets cut maybe that they like. I think that's a 
another option. Um, but everyone knows this is the part that I'm a bit of an analytical person when it comes to the NFL and running backs don't matter is a phrase often used. It's not quite fully true, but uh, I do think that it's the least important position on offense. So I think it, it'll be better than what people think. I just think that it's more upsetting for the player, isn't it? And I think fantasy football as well, which is a big part of how people talk about the NFL. I think it'll kill quite a lot of fantasy teams that have already drafted this year. So uh, I think that's kind of why it hit the news as, as big as it did. But what are your thoughts on the, the rest of the offense then? Because they got Deshaun Jackson then as the third wide receiver, someone I guess always injured. Um, tight end has gone down a bit. And the, the centre of the O-line, so the interior from guard to guard, uh, for me, also looks quite weak. So, what are your views on the offence? Yeah, the wide receiver corps are pretty, pretty good, aren't they? I mean, Cooper Cup is a bit of a catch magnet, isn't it? Van Jefferson, yeah. Robert Woods, who I do really like. Yeah, so that, I mean, Tutu, adding in Tutu Atwell to that, even if you kind of ignore... He weighs £140. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could. I think he's going to be a little bit of a gadget player. He might not play an incredible amount of snaps but you might need to keep your eye on him when he is on the field because I mean even if it's going to be some fakes and some decoys I think he yeah I do like that guy but I mean I even said he might have been a little bit of because he was their first pick wasn't he because then like the Seahawks didn't have a first round did they no they didn't no they didn't he was their first pick I think middle of the second round wasn't it yeah, and we did kind of slate that they had some holes with the players leaving, but I mean they've got what they've got now, so it's. I do think you're gonna keep your eye on him. Yeah, like you said, though, the guard and centre position is not great, is it? Austin Corbett, who used to play for the Browns, he's he's okay at best. I, yeah, I still they... like I still like Whitworth at the left tackle, but. But he's like 42, so yeah. <laughs> health is a big road there. And I, I know the depth chart I'm looking at has Corbett still a right guard, but I listened to a, a Rams beat writer on the, the Mini Climbs podcast, and she was saying they actually expect Corbett to start at centre for the first time, and that they'll probably play Shelton or Noteboom at guard, which I think maybe is a little bit better than the offensive line I've got in front of me. But yeah, I think it's weird, because Austin Blythe, their starting centre, signed for the Chiefs for $900,000. That's it. Guaranteed. Like, why are you letting a player leave for that amount of money? That doesn't make any sense to me. I think the, the offensive line is an issue that Stafford's had before, uh, especially as he's got older. He's not as mobile as he was eight years ago. And I think that could be a bit of a worry. I think that their benefit is, for me, they've got a top five offensive coach in the league. So he should be able to scheme them out of that. But yeah, I'd be worried. I think Stafford will be running for his life against a couple of, a couple of good defences, at least. Yeah, absolutely. It's not the... Uh easiest division is it no not in terms of that i think this is, the seahawks obviously we spoke about are not great from that sense but uh, there's some good pass rushes elsewhere in the division for sure yeah absolutely i think it's just yeah a lot of this is going to come down to stafford and then the scheme that mcveigh puts him in i think stafford's going to look good and then we'll see come crunch time of the in the division <laughs> and then perhaps if they make the playoffs yeah, I think it has to be great for them to have a chance. Uh, they are right up there. I think, what are they, fifth or sixth favourite for the Super Bowl? Yeah, uh, I mean, what's that in the NFC? Are they the second favourite or the first favourite? I think they're third, aren't they, behind uh, the 49ers and the Bucks. Um, it was the Packers, wasn't it, up there? But I think they, their odds went down yesterday. Uh, yeah, certainty. Yeah, so uh, 
overall, they are yeah, se- the second favourites in the NFC West, which we'll go on to talk about the, the favourites in a bit. But in terms of the whole division then, uh, yeah, they are second favourites behind the Bucks. <laughs> uh, 11 to 2, so quite short to, to win the NFC there. Uh, let's flip over to the defence then. Obviously, the secondary has got a little bit worse, like we said, uh, with Joe Johnson and Troy Hill leaving. I think overall, I still, I think their defense was so great last year that obviously it's still very, very good. You've still got Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams on the cornerback position, which is good. Uh, their safeties are still good. Their linebackers are still okay. Aaron Donald's probably the best player in the world. Um, so that does help. But I think their, their backups are very, very poor. So I think injuries will be important for this defense for me. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think as long as you have got that best player in the world, who should be everyone's favourite player who doesn't play for your own team, Aaron Donald, I think you're gonna still going to be a good defence. I don't think it's going to reach the level no. of last year's, which is a shame, really, because, you know, I do really like the defensive side of football. I think it's going to fall more on Ramsey to do more. I think when you put Ramsey in a scheme surrounded by other good players like you did last season, he can really dominate. But now he's going to have to maybe do a little bit more. We're going to see what happens there. He's got a new jersey number, though, so he needs to live up to that. Yeah, he's gone from 20 to 5, hasn't he, I think? Yeah, he has. Yeah, I think he's probably the highest profile player to do that. Yeah. It looks cool as well. Him and uh, I think him and Julio Jones are the biggest ones to swap, aren't they? But Julio did it because of the team thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Jalen Ramsey looks cool. He's one of my favorite. Well, he's probably my favorite cornerback in the whole league. Uh, I just love him. I think he's fun. I think fun to watch. I think he probably does need to force more turnovers, just uh, yeah, like you said. And I think the Rams overall in most statistics were first in the NFL last year on defense. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty confident to say they won't be first. I think that there's too many holes now, but I think they can still be a top five, six defense for sure. And then you've got to hope that that Matt Stafford uh, and Sean McVay kind of make up the difference there. But uh, let's move on then to uh, a little bit of scheduled talk. Like I said, it's a little bit harder than the Seahawks, but it is kind of mixed. They haven't got as many tough paths where it's loads of games in a row. There's a couple of periods where they then have like a quote-unquote easier team, whether it be the Cardinals or the Lions or the Texans mixed in. Um, but overall, they go Bears, Colts, Bucks to start. That's the front first three. Uh, and I think they'll be looking for a good start against the Bears there because after that, it does get a little bit tricky. Yeah, Rams Bears Sunday night football. Yeah, I won't be staying up to that. Sunday one. night or is it Monday night football? Uh, so it says here thirteenth of September. So let me check my calendar. That is that'd be Sunday night football. Yeah. Wow, that is a strange old game. <laughs> Sunday night football because you're certainly not guaranteed the Justin Fields there, are you? No, I think Dalton will start, which I think is one of the reasons why the start of the schedule is a bit easier than maybe it could be because I think. They'll be heavy favourites to win that first game on the road. I think it's on the road, isn't it? I know it's at home so yeah, it's far. At home, that's going to be a forty-two to kind of twenty-one game, maybe, and the Rams are ready to go, aren't they? <laughs> that's going to yeah. be. Yeah, and then they got the Colts after, which is a team that I'm not as high on. Uh, and then you could go into the Bucks two two and zero up, and they actually beat the Bucks on the road with Jared Goff last year. So <laughs> I think McVeigh will be looking forward to that challenge again. Yeah, they got a nice stretch though from October. They got Giants, Lions, Texans three weeks in a row. You start well there. You're starting to be the look like the second favourite in the NFC, aren't you? 
Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of a, a point here, which will go when the season starts. We'll talk quite a bit about betting to an extent. And uh, I think this is the team that you're better off betting on before the season because when they get a couple of games in, if they're doing well, they've got that easy schedule. When they get to that easy schedule, their odds will be terrible. So I think you're better off taking them a bit earlier. Um, especially if they lose, if they lose and get week two or three, maybe take them then to, to win the NFC or whatever. I think you'll get you'll get maybe better odds than, than you do now. But um, win total then, mate, 10.5, a whole win bigger than the Seahawks, uh, half a win better than they actually won last season with an extra game. What are your views here under over? I'm not quite sure where you're going to go. I'm going to go over because Stafford should improve, despite the doubts that I have over his overall ability to win the Super Bowl with the Rams. I think I'm going to go over. He's going to improve the offence enough to subside the defence falling a little bit. They've still got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to go over. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. Uh, I do think before the season, this was a hard over for me. And then only through doing work on this pod and, and some writing I'm doing for a site, I think it kind of made me, it did make me pause a little bit. I think this division is so up and down. So many teams have lost really good players, but they've added really good players as well in different positions. So it's hard to tell, but I think I'm going over. I'm a big McVeigh fan. Uh, I'm a big Stafford fan. I think Stafford would be a lot better than, than Goff. So I see them more as a 12 and 5. I think I think that's sort of region 12 and 5 or 13 and 4 sort of team so yeah I think I, I would go go over on them as well um, and that maybe leads us on nicely to another team uh, so the Cardinals finished last year 8-8 eight and eight, third in the division uh, so didn't quite get as good draft pick due to the uh, the 49ers injuries their win total though is actually 8 again so the same uh, win total as they got wins last year. Strength for schedule-wise, 24th in the NFL, so pretty hard compared to the rest of the division. This is actually the worst strength of schedule rating for the whole division, which is not great for a team that finished third. Uh, roster addition-wise, so they got Rodney Hudson from the Raiders in a trade, which I really, really love. Uh, JJ Watt, obviously, in free agency, which is great for them. AJ Green, which I think is going to be a bit of a an overrated one. Uh, Malcolm Butler got added to the secondary. And then in the draft, they added Zavin Collins, they added uh, Rondell Moore, and then they added uh, Wilson as well. So three good players there in the, in the draft. And then losses. Uh, your boy Reddick lost, uh, left the team to go to was Carolina, I think. Uh, Peterson, Pat P, finally left. Uh, Kenyon Drake joined the Raiders for some re- weird reason. And Dan Arnold left to uh, go to the Panthers as well. So the Cardinals, mate, what are your views on uh, the offseason for them? Yeah, it's up and down, isn't it? I mean, a lot of it could leave from... DeAndre Hopkins also, what he's been saying and what he's going to do. Hopefully, he's just going to play and get on with it. But it's tough to... You look up and down this roster and what they've added and what they've lost, and it's pretty strong. And I was all all on going under until we pulled the depth charts up and you think, (laughs) actually, this is a good team. And if Kyler Murray can go to another level this season... But I don't know. This, for me, is the toughest team to evaluate because I've made my mind up on the rest. (laughs) Yeah, this is a tough team. Before we do the whole offence-defence thing, uh, let's talk about the coach first. On my notes, I had that down as a key area. I think he's the worst coach in the division. 
probably quite considerably, to be honest. He's probably in the hardest division coaching-wise in the league. Hasn't had a great start. His offence has not been as good as it should have been, to be honest. And it did rely a lot on Carla Murray scrambling to win games. Um, so what are your thoughts on Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, I, I personally am not a fan, but this is a make-or-break season for him. Yeah, I think this is... I think he... If they... Whatever goals internally that they set, if they don't hit them, I can see him getting fired. Because, I mean, they've got Murray now. They believe that Murray is, can be a top-tier QB. Yep. They've got Hopkins. You know, they've got a, they've got, they have got a strong offensive line now with Rodney Hudson. They've got Justin Pugh at left guard, haven't they? They've got Humphreys at left tackle and Beach and right tackle. It's a decent offensive line. They've got Chase Edmonds, James Connor running back. I mean, it. It's pretty solid all over the field. The defence is solid. They've got, for me, I think, how close they can get to the playoffs. The extra game, the extra wild card slot from a year ago. I think, for me, internally, they're going to be looking at making the playoffs. And I think if they don't, he's going to be in trouble. It was a strange, strange pick anyway. Yeah, it's a strange one, yeah. They wanted that air raid offence, but it's really been poor. And I have had a couple of O-linemen who are not in the league anymore talk about how when he came in, they were quite confident he'd do badly because they seem to think the NFL has really developed way past the air raid. And the air oh, raid well, off- well, it's not college, is it? It's, yeah, it's just... too simple almost of an offence. But uh, yeah, I think this is make, definitely make or break. I agree with you. I think they want to, I think winning record is the bare minimum. And obviously, if you win 10 games and you don't get in the playoffs, I think you could count yourself hard done by that, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think it's make or break on the playoffs if you get a winning record. But even so, even a 500 record, well, you can't go 500 anymore, can you? Actually? No. Well, you could if you tie, but, you know, we're not going to get into those. <laughs> but, yeah, you're either going to win or you're going to lose on the record. So I think anything under... A winning record, I think he's going to be gone. Yeah, I agree. And uh, in terms of the offense, the the O line was a big concern last year. They did have injuries on the O line as well. Justin Pugh seems to get injured all the time now. But for me, I think the tackles are pretty average. They did re-sign Kelvin Beecham, which is important because he was their probably best tackle. And I think they didn't have many other options. But I do love the addition of Rodney Hudson, obviously ex Chief player. The Raiders for some reason wanted to get rid of him due to cash and. I think he'll help them. Uh, and a lot of reports you read is that he's going to help Kyler be able to call out their protection. So Kyler can kind of worry about the secondary and throw in the balls and let Rodney worry about calling out who's going to pass protect over who. So I think that addition is pretty key uh, and should, should definitely improve the offense. But defense-wise, a very aging defense, mate. And I know you actually, you're higher on the defense than me. Um, so what do you like so much about the defense? What do you think is going to be key? you think they'll be the secondary or you think they're just solid all around? No, I think they're solid. I like the linebackers. I really like Isaiah Simmons that they got last year. Then they've added Zayvon Collins there yeah. as well. And I didn't, I didn't like the JJ Watt thing. I thought that was for, I don't know. That's like a fan base signing, isn't it? Yeah, that is a. That's a TV signing. They're going to be talking <laughs> about JJ Watt on TV, aren't they? A lot, but yeah, I also love Chandler Jones. Still think he's a great athlete. And I think the the secondary is. Solid as well, you know, Robert Alford. And they've added Butler, who is, he's not great, is he? But he is a solid, solid player. So they've got Buddha Baker at safety. No, I think it's, I wouldn't say it could be, you know, a top five defence, but I think they're going to be able to hold their own, especially if someone like Simmons can kind of go to another level. 
the top of the league if you can. Yeah, so the young linebacker core, uh, yeah, I agree with you, actually. I do like them. They play, they mix quite well together, um, Collins and Simmons. But I think last year the defence was better than everybody thought. And uh, this year it probably will be as well. I think there's not as many stars on the defence, apart from, I think, JJ was a star in name, but he doesn't necessarily play quite like a star now. But I think Buda Baker is obviously a clear star. But aside from that, I think a lot of it is depth, which I think is important. Uh, and they're going to need it as well, because their schedule, so the last five weeks is... Uh, Rams, Lions, Colts, Cowboys, Seahawks. Yes, the Lions will probably be an easy win on uh, 19th of December, but that the the end overall, it's pretty tough. So they need to get some wins on the board as early as possible. I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, another team here. They start with the Cardinals. Then these two, uh, sorry, the Cardinals start with the Titans. These two divisions are intertwined, aren't they? At the start. Yeah, the first six weeks or so, it's really going to. I think that the games against each other almost decide who, who can win the division just in the other division because it's a lot of early games, isn't it, between the two? Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. All right, well, win total eight then, like we said. I'm a hard under because... Hard under. Yeah, I just think you have to look at the whole division. We've gone over on two already. And the last team... Are, well, we'll talk about them, but they are favourites to win the division. So I think... Only so many wins can go round. I think the Cardinals will lose most of the games in their own division. So I have to say under here. And I know eight games isn't great and Kyler Murray could be amazing, but I think the division's too good and their coach is too bad. So I'm going under. What about you? Yeah, I probably will just about join you. But looking down the schedule, there's some juicy winnable games there that can quickly amount up. But... Yeah, like you said, I mean, we've said it a lot of weeks in some of these close to close divisions that someone has to go under, don't they? And yeah, I'll go, I'll go under, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were better than we thought, especially if Murray can go to that next level. Definitely, yeah, it'd be interesting one to see, and hopefully he doesn't get injured this year. He struggled with his ribs, didn't he? I think last year. So, yeah. ho- ho- hopefully that that doesn't carry on. It'd be nice to see a full, fully healthy uh, Kyler Murray, and that leads us on then to the last team in the division. Um, this is definitely going to be our longest preview, by the way, and that doesn't shock me because this is the hardest division to call. Uh, so we've got the 49ers here. They were six and ten last year, basically due to injuries, to be honest. Their win total is 10.5, which is the highest in the division, joint highest. Their favourites to win this division, um, their which is I find it's interesting that they are higher. Their favourites to win the division, but the Rams have got better, worse odds to win the NFC. That almost makes me think of like. They think in the in the playoffs that the QB maybe for the 49ers could let them down. It's weird to be favourites for your own division, but not to be as high favourites for the whole NFC. Um, so yeah, I did find that mind-boggling. But strength of schedule-wise, mate, they've got the easiest strength of schedule in the, M- uh, the NBA, in the NFL. Um, and I think when we go through it in a bit, it'll be quite clear, obvious, to why. But in terms of roster-wise, they've re-signed Trent Williams for a lot of money. They re-signed Verrett as well, a corner, which they needed to do. They signed, uh, they signed Brockers or Ekubam, uh, I think, from from their rivals. Uh, signed Alex Mack to play centre from the Falcons, which is great. And then in the draft, they did add Trey Lance, which is the big one. They added Banks as well from uh, Notre Dame, who can play as guard. And then they added Sermon as well, uh, uh, running back, which is good. And then roster losses. They had Weston Richburg, retired, who played centre. That's why they signed Mack. Uh, and then Hyder and, and Kenny Bourne as well. They both left. So overall, mate, uh, the roster uh, and the offseason, I think they, they added a couple of good players. They definitely kept a couple of their most important players. 
Um, but I guess people returning from injuries is kind of the key for this team. Yeah, they were ravaged last season. This is a deep, deep team, especially on defence, isn't it? It's If they stay healthy, I think they are clearly, in my view, the division winners. I, I favour them over the Rams just because of how deep they are. But obviously, if you're going to look at Garoppolo versus Stafford, there's probably only one winner there. But I just think that Jimmy's going to just get him to play within himself. Well, do you think he'll play the whole season, though? Or do you think Lance will come in? What are your views on the QB battle? Well, the thing is, is Garoppolo is quite injury-prone, isn't he? I don't, I don't necessarily think it needs to be a battle. I do expect Garoppolo to start the season. And I don't expect it to be a kind of Dolphins last year, last season when they announced, oh, next week, Chua's going to be starting. And everyone was quite shocked about that, weren't they? Because Fitzpatrick was playing well. I think yeah. as long as Garoppolo's playing within himself and they're winning, then I don't see the need to throw Lance in. Just because how deep the roster is, it's... Yeah, you just... If Garoppolo struggles or he gets an injury, I can see Lance going in, staying in. But it all depends on the... If he can stay healthy, Garoppolo, I think he will probably be the guy. Yeah, potentially. And that is my concern. I think he's the worst quarterback by far of the division, if he's the starter. Uh, I think Trey Lance as well, if he starts, is also the worst quarterback in the division, just because we don't know enough about him at the uh, at the NFL level. So it's not very often you're going to have the favourite of the division having the worst quarterback. That's almost unheard of in the NFL, which I think says a lot about the roster and, and Carl Shanahan as well. Uh, so offence then, very young wide receiver group, but pretty good. Uh, Samuel did struggle with injuries last year. They've got Brandon Ayuk and then Richie James as well. I think they brought in Sanu to be that kind of fourth choice wide out. Problem with that, only problem I can see with that is there's not much experience there, and Debo does struggle with injuries, but overall it's it's pretty good. The running backs are deep as always with San Francisco. Tight end, they've got the second best tight end in the world, so that's a that's a hell of a strength. They've got the best fullback in the world, which is a, another strength. They've got the best left tackle, arguably, maybe, in the league. Um, and then the rest of the O-line is good. It's not great, but it's good. I think Alex Mack is a good name, but he wasn't very good last year for the Falcons, so We'll see how good he is. I think he's 39, turning 39 this year. So that'd be an interesting one. But overall on offense then, compared to the rest of the division, um, what do you think? Do you think they can uh, they can put up the same numbers that the Rams and Seahawks can in terms of passing? Uh, probably in terms of pure numbers, probably not. But I do love Brandon Ayuk. I think if you was to pick a wide receiver from the NFC West... You would probably well, you'd take Hopkins, wouldn't you? Because he's a superstar. But after that, I take Metcalf be, over Ayuk. <laughs> you kind of be yeah. What I'm going to say is you kind of be looking at taking Metcalf. I'd be interested to see in 12 months' time whether people would be changing their opinions on that because I think he's a great, great player. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think he's going to arguably be the 49ers number one. I think. I do love Debo, but I think Ayuk's got a little bit more higher potential. Uh, and Chris Sims did say on his podcast before that Carl Shanahan saw Brandon Ayuk as the second best wideout in the whole draft that year. Uh, and they got him in the second round, didn't they? So I think that, that that's a player that they love and they'll probably use. I think George Kittle hopefully can stay injury-free if you're a Niners fan because he missed a lot of time last year and he just makes such a difference. 
Uh, and they've actually lost a bit of depth at tight end as well. So behind him, it's not quite as strong as it was previously, um, apart from blocking. So I think that'd be a concern. And, and flashing over to the defence then, that defensive line is still still uh, elite, to be honest. Uh, they've extended Fred Warner recently to that huge deal. Uh, they added Ekubam, who used to play for the Rams. So you're looking at players like Ekubam, Bosa, Kinlaw, Armstead, Ford, that can all rush the passer pretty well. So I think that still calls havoc there. But what are your opinions on the corners? Because for me, it's the weakest part of the team. Yeah, Jason Ferrett, Dante Johnson, probably not the greatest pair of starters going. I love Jimmy Ward at free safety. I just think the pass rush is just absolutely ferocious. I don't think, if that can stay healthy... Um, having average corners is going to be okay because yeah. it's just going to be so good up front. If you're starting to see injuries, that's when you may start to see them being a little bit more exposed. Yeah, I do agree. They're going to rely on pass rush quite a lot. And they've got a couple of players that get in. D Ford and Nick Bosa have spent a lot of their, their time in their careers in college and in the, the pros on the treatment table. So I think they'll both need to, to be healthy. I think Bosa's coming back from an ACL, isn't he? So um, that's going to be vital for, for him in terms of coming back off that. So hopefully he's quite fit. But yeah, I agree. I think the secondary is okay. I think safety and linebacker are much kind of stronger than it is uh, corner. Uh, and pass rush-wise, they are in a division with a few weak O-lines. Like all we've said so far is we don't love the O-lines of any of the three teams we've already spoke about. And if you don't love the O-lines of those three teams and you love the pass rush of this team, that does kind of spell a bit of a story, doesn't it, for how they can win games in their own division? Yeah, absolutely. I just think, oh, mate, if Nick Bosa can stay healthy all season, he's an absolute monster. I still like Eric Armstead as well, the opposite side to him. I think someone quite underrated last year is Javon Kinlaw. I really like him as well. I just think this is a great defence. If it stays healthy, for me, this is going to be the number one in the division for sure. Oh, big shout. I'm not going to pick against my boy Aaron Donald, Jen Ramsey, but I do like that uh, pass rush quite a lot. Um, flashing over then to the schedule, there's a few hard games in there. Like I said, it is the easiest. A lot of that is due to rest, like I keep stating, because that is really important. The amount of time, when you look at the data, if teams have uh, less than seven days rest or they go back-to-back away, the amount of times they don't win that second game is so often. So that is a key factor. But overall, they've also got easy teams due to their fourth-place schedule. So you're talking about teams like the Lions, your Philadelphia Eagles, also the Cardinals in their own division aren't, aren't the strongest team. They've got the Jags, they've got the Bengals, they've got the Falcons, they've got the Texans. So they've got some uh, some easy teams there, which does lead us on to this win total of 10.5, which is quite a lot. Obviously, they did win, uh, what, 13 games the year they went to the Super Bowl. So they did really well there. I think that's the only time in, in Shanahan's career he's had a winning record uh, for as a head coach. But... 10.5, mate. What are your thoughts on the over-under? I think I know where you're going on that one. It's high, isn't it? But I'm going to stick to my guns and say if it's healthy, it's over. Definitely. Although you're bagging the schedule. I mean, that is a gauntlet to begin. The Lions and the Eagles. <laughs> running yeah. Well, I can picture it now. I don't know how many weeks we're six or seven weeks away. So... Eagles games in nine weeks, and I can just see an at Muggs NFL tweet about Jalen Hurts winning the game on the final drive against the 49ers, and uh, you going absolutely mental. I can already see it. 
or he's going to be on his bike the whole game and he's just going to be under <laughs> immense pressure. Well, I never said it was a passing touchdown. It'll have to be a running when he's running <laughs> yeah, away yeah, yeah. From, uh, from Nick Bosa, I think. But yeah, uh, I think... So in real life, I would not bet this. I think it's too high due to the amount of injuries they get. They've already had two ACLs. Um, I know it's from backups, but still, uh, the way they train or the surface they train on must have something to, to account for it because their injury record in the last six seasons is just crazy. It's up there with the Chargers, how bad it is. Um, so in real life, I wouldn't actually bet it because I don't. I think Jimmy G's pretty terrible uh, compared to the rest of the division, and I'd worry about the injuries. But... For the pod, I would definitely say over because I think the defense is too good and the wide receivers are, are really fun. And for me, they've got, I don't know if he is the best coach in the division, but he's probably the second best offensive play caller, at least in the league. Uh, and I think that's pretty special. So I think I would lean uh, lean over. Um, before we move on as well, though, they are losing, obviously, Salah, the, the DC, over to the Jets. And I think overall their pass rush will be great, but... I do wonder if losing your DC after so many seasons will make a difference. I think hopefully the new guy can kind of gel gel pretty quickly. Um, and that leads us on then to division order. Uh, I know you said you weren't finalised on it. I've actually not even written mine down until we started talking because I was so confused by it. So let's go with you first then. Uh, oh, give me your order. <laughs> no, th- this, is, this is so hard because the team... Right, I'm going to give my order. I'm going to go number one, 49ers to win the division, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals. But for me, the top three is so good. Very, very interchangeable. How many wins do you think will be between whoever wins the division and whoever finishes third? I could see it being one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can see that, can't you? I, if the winner of the division gets 12, third place could have 11 couldn't they it's i think it is going to be that close and that good but yeah. for that to happen the cardinals are you're going to have to go under on their number aren't they if they can steal a few division games it's going to make it very interesting yeah it could be two and a half games from winner to fourth if something like that happens if the cardinals sneak a couple of wins uh, away from home or something in the division i think it could be it could be crazy i think it's going to be a I still think when we looked at the whole league, this if you add up the total amount of wins that come from the NFC West, I think it would be the most in the in the league. I know, obviously, the Chiefs and Bucks could win 14 games, and that will skew it a bit, but I do think that the teams here could, could win the most. Whoever finishes last, I think, will have the most wins out of any last-place team for, for any of the divisions. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you there, yeah. In terms of my order, then, <laughs> I've, uh, we've swapped two teams around. I've gone Rams to win the division. I've gone Seahawks second. I've gone 49ers third with Jimmy G uh, being terrible. And the Cardinals at fourth. So we've got a couple of play- uh, teams the same, Seahawks and Cardinals, and the other two we've flipped. And I think most people looking at their rosters would probably disagree with me that the 49ers have finished third. But until I see them have a relatively healthy season, it's just so hard for me to pick them to win the division. And I love Sean McVay, and I'm just all in on uh, the Stafford hype train now, I think. Yeah. And I'm also in a group chat with a Rams and a 49ers fan. Shout out to Stu and Jack. And uh, uh, I like to wind Jack up and say that his team's terrible. So 49ers <laughs> finishing third would be uh, would be perfect. But yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I think we could see three playoff teams for sure in this division. I'm pretty confident. Unless a quarterback, one of the quarterbacks gets injured for a long time, I think these three top teams will be in the playoffs. Question for you, though. What would you take right now? Would you take for the Super Bowl? Would you take the NFC West or the Bucks to get in the Super Bowl? 
Oh, NFC West. The yeah, Bucks. Absolutely. The Bucks just embarrassed my team in the Super Bowl. I hate them now, so I'm all in against the Bucks. But <laughs> no, I think I think three teams against one's too much because of injuries. You know, Tom Brady. Regardless of what happens, anyone could get injured. Saw what happened to Mahomes that year. He did his dislocated his knee. We've seen it with Philip Rivers plenty of times when he did his ACL twice. Um, anything could happen in a game with a quarterback, and I, I, that's why I take the other three. But yeah, I'm not sure who are in a one-off game. I probably would want the 49ers against the Bucks to try and beat them. I think the Seahawks would get embarrassed. The Rams would be close. But the 49ers, for example, would have the best chance to beat them in a 1v1, I think. But Yeah, in a low-scoring game. That would it, be. Yeah, they'd run the ball completely, wouldn't they, to try and stop the, the Bucks' pass rush and stop their corners getting involved, you think? But, yeah, we'll see. I think... I th- yeah, I think three playoff teams here, so that'll be interesting. And hopefully then Cliff Kingsbury will be fired and they can hire a good coach, maybe someone like Eric Bieniemy, uh, someone good that I think can, can make the Cardinals step up. And if the Cardinals get better, this whole division's a joke, to be honest. Yeah, it is. Cool. All right, well, we'll wrap it up there then. Um, I can't remember, I don't know if you can, what division we're doing next week. Is it one of the West? Is it is it AFC West? Yeah, it must be. Yeah, so AFC West. So we'll talk about the best team in football and we'll talk about the worst with the Chiefs and Raiders. So that's fun. <laughs> uh, but go follow us at Go4Two-Pod. Go follow Patrick's account at NFL. I think you've still got a, a summer sale on. Is that right at the moment on your... I am, um, yeah. Working to the bone still. Yeah, yeah so if anyone wants to uh, keep Patrick up at night and make him work more hours, then go over and order some stuff over there. Uh, we'll be back next week as well. Uh, and Enjoy your week. 